Pleasant good morning to everyone and welcome to another edition of the Carlos Brown Show. Heard and watched exclusively right here on the Black College Sports Network. Yours truly, Carlos Brown, uh, joined by special guest co-host. He's no stranger to the show and I always appreciate his time, Coach Robert Valdez. Coach, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I I'm doing fine. I'm kind of uh, fired up. Uh, Hey, it, it's a Saturday. Got some uh, Southern basketball to talk about. Men's and women's, they're still doing well. Uh, the men in first place, uh, the women in second place behind Jackson State. Of course, they got a big game coming up with Jackson State Monday. That's going to be a, a tremendous battle. Um, let me just give you the guest menu right now. Of course, Coach Robert Valdez in with me until he gets tired. Coach, just let me know if, whenever you're ready to go, if that's the case. Coach Valdez joins me then. Following uh, Coach Valdez, I guess, will be Coach Van Petaway. He'll be talking some uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, basketball. Then, uh, A.D. Drew of the Black College Sports Network and Sports Wrap will join me after Coach Van Petaway. And then, last but not least, Coach, you may appreciate this one as well. Rod Walker, uh, the New Orleans advocate, he is scheduled to join me, and he's going to talk uh, some New Orleans Saints, the aftermath of Coach Sean Payton. Hey, calls it quits at least for maybe a year. Who knows? Cowboys, will he be the coach there? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, he'll be talking about uh, the New Orleans Saints. Well, Coach, um, of course, I know you're doing okay, but what's going on with Coach Robert Valdez right now as far as uh, head football coach at St. James High School and also director of athletics? Uh, just busy. Uh, January is a busy month for athletic directors here uh, in Louisiana. We have um, a lot going on. We have conference conventions. Um, like It's funny because we've missed each other a couple of times because uh, – my, uh, I had Rashad's person receiver side with Alabama. He was in the Under Armour All-American game. And uh, then we had to uh, uh, do stuff with battle sports and we had a tournament in Miami. Um, and so just back in the swing of things, basketball season for us, starting up, cranking up baseball and softball and, um, you know, just planning and uh, more planning and more meetings. We had the Louisiana High School Athletic Association yesterday uh, voted to keep the split in Louisiana, so private and public, mm. uh, that that was um, it was a little bit contentious because uh, it was broken down by class and division. They had class five A, the highest classification, had to vote on it, and then class one A decided to pull it from their agenda. Um, the referees got a pay raise, so hopefully we can get more and more uh, people out there to come out and officiate because that seems to be a shortage right now. We have a in, in Louisiana, we have a shortage of officials. Um, so hopefully we can um, motivate more and more gentlemen and ladies to come out and officiate with uh, a little bit more pay raise. So we voted a pay raise uh, for officials. So just uh, just busy, just you know, just getting back in the swing of things. February picks up a little bit more in terms of uh, getting the football program running back again. I, I kind of give my kids December and January, just kind of just get off the grid for a little bit. 
and then we crank it back up next month. And speaking of uh, cranking it up, um, the rest of our topics that we're going to talk about, uh, get your thoughts on Southern University and Jackson State. I got the official release from the Southwest Athletic Conference office. I also went to the advocate to get a perspective on that. Southern and Jackson State, it's been the big hot topic. Uh, they're going to play in Birmingham. No contracts have been signed yet, but we're going to kind of go into that, uh, get your perspective on it. And then I, I just want to hear from uh, the audience as well. I'll be able to look at some of the, uh, the comments about, you know, going to, to Birmingham. And, and me and you had a discussion earlier this morning about uh, when we look at what's going on. And, and we'll, we'll say this, of course, uh, Jackson State has rolled off a Southern schedule and vice versa. As far as conference games, these two games will be non-conference and um, the potential for for Southern Jackson State to make right now as it stand about a half a million, but they could reach the potential of having uh, $1.5 million. But when they roll back on the schedule as conference, it made us kind of think coach a, a little bit deeper. Um, and I can't speak with Jackson State because it, it, it is a tremendous energetic rival, a rivalry, but what can Southern University in, in, in the relationship with Baton Rouge, what can they do to kind of, you know, sweeten the pot? And I don't know if there's been a study, a feasibility study done about the impact of Southern University football on Baton Rouge, but specifically North Baton Rouge, which is where Southern University lies in Baton Rouge. And then also, uh, from a business standpoint, I'm sure everyone is wondering, hey, they're going to miss that impact, the economic impact for those two years. But for the university, Southern and Jackson State, potentially (laughs) what they can make, Coach. So it's interesting. You look at different factors, but then the big picture is, I think Baton Rouge and Southern University need to really get together, get that study, and then work on getting things better where, um, hey, you got a new coach back in town. How can we make things better overall, a total package? Right. I just just really believe that, you know, Jackson and Southern are supposed to play in Baton Rouge and Jackson, Mississippi. I think that I understand mm-hmm. the economic situation where both universities are going to be compensated very well to move this game to Birmingham. But I, as you alluded, I think that the economic impact on, you know, North Baton Rouge would be would be great. And I think, but there has to be a concentrated effort from the government and um, to be able to industrialize and build uh, the areas adjacent to Southern University of North Baton Rouge to promote uh, more restaurants to be able to come there hotel stay and to be a very, very sustainable, viable option economically. So that therefore these situations are no brainer that, you know, we have the we have everything in place. We can, you know, we can put you in hotels. We can, you know, everybody does a great job. Southern tailgating is probably second to none. Um, and they do such a great job with that. But, you know, a lot of people like last year, I went to the swag championship game and, then, therefore, what happened in the Swag Championship game, I, me and a couple of buddies got in the car. We went to a restaurant. Um, mm-hmm. And I give them a plug. Mama, Mama Hamels in Jackson 
Man, I left out that sucker hurting because I ate so so well. I mean, but uh, <laughs> went to the game. I did. Went to the game against Prairie View in the Swag Championship game. After the game, fueled up the car, got some snacks on, for the way back, and it was uh, it was it was big. I read later how impactful that was for Jackson State. Um, and I think that when you make these decisions, and I'm not I'm not in the decision making uh, body of, of Southern nor Jackson State. Uh, most times you look at the impact that it's going to make on financially for the institution and the football program. And, you know, we all, we all know that football pays the bills, but I, I really believe that moving forward as we, as we continue to, you know, develop and grow in the swag. And, you know, I think that the industry right now, because of, I call it the Deion Sanders effect is getting much more national recognition. We have to be prepared not only at our universities, but our cities to be able to handle the attention that we're getting in the platform and the stage that we're about to be on. The Southwestern Athletic Conference, man, I'm just going to read a, 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 from the official release from the SWAC office. Uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference will host a series of football games at Birmingham Legion's Field each season for the next three years. The Birmingham City Council recently approved the agreement recommended by the mayor which also includes an option to renew for an additional uh, two years. And here's a quote from um, Birmingham Mayor uh, Randall L. Wolf. And I want to thank the council for working with me to make this a reality. Our city is steadily becoming the home to some of the best sports events in the state and the region. This is a win for Birmingham and a win uh, for the SWAT. Now, if you kind of look at, I'm going to give you a quote from uh, Commissioner Dr. Charles McClellan. Let's look past these these few years. Of course, Jackson State and University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, they'll play in the first game. Then 23 and 24, it will be Southern and Jackson State. Let's not kid yourself. Southern and Jackson State are the best traveling teams in the conference and, and maybe and, and you could even say LFCS so down the line you win an all corn maybe and family which I don't think they're on the schedule right now but you know looking for the future uh, that's a game that you can uh, play uh, in, in Birmingham you can look at you, you know maybe a, a, a southern and a Tennessee state but from looking at all of this I still go back to when this is all over with Southern and and the city of Baton Rouge need to sit down and hammer out some lucrative uh, deals, so that when you have these 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 home and home series, because you know we have a home and home in, in the conference, you you make your money on, on on the home game and then you go away the the next year. Right. But I, I think right. that yeah yeah they. They really need to sit down and, and, again, get that feasibility study and see the impact. And Southern University could be in charge of that and see the impact and then sit down with the city and, and negotiate like the, the Pete Richardson Classic, Coach. That that should be even more. You should get more out of that. It, it, it really should be a three-, four-day event, not just a football game. You you partner around with, with local business and you can have different events. You, you see where I'm going, Coach? Right, right, right. It, it just has to be, you know, open dialogue. And I'm sure there is. Uh, like I said, I'm not in the room. 
between mm-hmm. you know, Southern politics and the government. Um, but it, it, it could be open dialogue. It could be also something that you can, you know, really start discussing with your corporate sponsors and things of that nature. I think that Southern has a great relationship with Coke. Um, but yeah, I think that as you grow, as the branding of swag football, the branding of HBCU football, as you continue to grow, you want to be able, like, I'm going back to, of course, the mayor of Birmingham is going to be very excited because he understands the economic impact that's going to have on the city by bringing two, you know, really fanatic fan bases that are going to stay in hotels, that are going to eat in restaurants, that are going to buy gas at gas stations, that are going to pay tickets and buy ticket prices, and therefore volume is going to demand improvement. Now, so therefore, whatever improvement there is that they have in place, when you start having this type of data and information to bring to your stakeholders and your voters, then therefore you can do more and get more. Um, and I think that we need to have that same type of mentality, uh, be able to understand how to um, invest, and, you know, scare money than make money. Billy Napier said that, and, um, you know, it, it, it holds true. Scare money don't make money. You can't be afraid um, to put some money up or to go to people and ask them to put some money up because you have to be able to have a vision and you have to be able to have a plan to fulfill that vision and, 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 it, and it promotes growth. You know, you want to be able to be the mecca of HBCU. You want to be able to be the place when everybody talks HBCU, Southern should be the first name that comes to mind. So I just think that it, it has to be motivated internally from both parties. Also, and good point, Coach, um, Dr. McClellan says the Southwestern Athletic Conference is extremely excited to partner with the city of Birmingham for the hosting of several marquee football uh game to historic Legion field this upcoming football season. He also goes on to state these matchups will be highlighted by games that are not included as part of our league's conference slate, but as another conference, as we had talked about, uh, right. league's conference slate games, but instead will feature conference opponents that will traditionally roll off each respective program's schedule under their 10-year scheduling um, model. And so when you look at it, you you have again some different matchups that it, it, it's going to be. I guess the challenge is if you don't have a Southern, a Jackson State, a um, Alcorn, or a FAMU, we know they travel, and we can leave that up to discussion. Who travels the best? You know, I, I have my opinion on that. But this is something that uh, you know you can it can build on. Right now, as it stay it stands. Um, the city of Birmingham will provide incentives in kind service to the SWAC in amount not to exceed two hundred thousand in year one, three hundred thousand in years two and three of the agreement. So you're looking at five hundred right now, half a million, but with the potential to earn up to one point five million. So I know they they're not going to turn that down. And then two, no. Um, also, is in my understanding, uh, Ashley Robinson and. and and Coach Banks, they needed, you know, some help of getting this agreement where where to play, and they approached the conference office. So okay. they came in and helped. So you, you know, you look at a lot of um, at, at first, a lot of people on social media, and you know, they were, you know, pretty upset about it at first. But maybe now, as the information has come out and will continue to come out, and your heart of about. You know, Jackson State and Southern playing in, in in Birmingham. I mean, even down the line, maybe a Southern and a Norfolk State. Oh boy, Coach, would I love that one? 
Uh, you can put that one. You can put that one anywhere, anywhere, anywhere. So, um, that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, I'm, it's going to be continued to be discussed. Southern and Jackson State, and coach from a um, standpoint of Jackson State, you know how I feel about playing Jackson State. It could be, it it, it could be marbles. I think we playing marbles. I, 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 I'm, I like for Southern to beat Jackson State, and I'm sure it's. Dobson, Jack State loves to beat Southern, so uh, they're, they're, they're going to play. They'll never roll off each other's schedule, even if you know, you know, even if it's not a, a conference game, they, they're going to they, they're going to play, Coach. That's supposed to. That's supposed to. I mean, our time uh, the Bayou Classic is very very sweet, and it's a big rivalry. But we just we we had a strong dislike for the guys in Jackson, and that that as a football player, Southern when I played. That rival was as intense as anything else, and I I still think it's in, intense. Um, you know, uh, I often talk about we will HB. Uh, thanks, Mike Swack family, HBCU family, and that and that's really what it's about. Now we like to beat each other on the athletic playing field, no matter what sport. But at the end of the day, we have to be as one. And uh, sometimes we're going to agree on things. We're going to disagree. But it, 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 good morning, Michael. Uh, good morning, Swag family. So that, that that's the bottom line. So it, it hasn't been signed yet, the contract, but um, I, I reached out to Coach Roman Banks. Uh, he was traveling this morning. Then next week, I tried to get the social AD. They're both going to be traveling even next weekend. Coach, I think they may be going to Birmingham. Maybe some uh, meetings, and maybe we'll get news that, the contract has been officially signed. We'll deal with what comes when it comes. You're exactly right. Um, Southern women, men's, SU basketball. Coach, uh, when was the last time you were able to get to a uh, basketball game at the F.G. Clark Activity Center? Oh, man, it's been a minute. But, I mean, I know those guys are doing well. I mean, I, unfortunately, I, as AD, I have to be at all St. James basketball games and don't get a chance to kind of get away. But I, I do know there's exciting uh, times. I do know that. I sat down and watched them play against Kentucky when it was on television and hope to see them play more, the the boys, and, um, you know, keep up with uh, a lot of that's written about them. But I think that they're playing a lot. And I really believe that, you know, I think that people will be in for a treat if they were, go, were to go out and support these young men and women a lot more because there really is some good basketball being played in the conference. Well, Southern women's basketball team, they, they were at home uh, Saturday and Monday last week. They defeated Pine Bluff and 76-64. And, and Pine Bluff women, were uh, they were a hot team coming into the ball game. But Southern University, um, you know, wins – 70, uh, well, wait a minute. I got 76 64. Which is it? 78 to 64. I got to get on that one, coach. Southern wins the ball win, game against our, yeah, Arkansas Pine Club. But for the record, I, I want I want to get it right. Um, and so they were able to get it done against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Then they knocked off Mississippi Valley State 67 to 58 Monday. And we're going to talk with Coach Petaway in, in, in shortly. And those Monday games, especially when you come off a big game that Saturday, it, for some reason, Monday games, you've got to have the team um, 
just much more focused. I don't know. It, it's just tougher on Monday uh, to play play, to play play those those games. It's tougher even if you have to travel. I mean, if you have to travel uh, on a Saturday and then you have to travel throughout the night, Saturday night, and get in real early uh, Sunday morning or whatnot, then you know you really don't have a chance. You you have as a coach, you have to already be prepared with your scouting reports, with your game plans, and well ahead. Because you know those those kids gonna need some rest, so Monday games are tough. They're, they're they're very tough. More so if you have to travel. They're tough already if you didn't have to travel because you're playing uh, competitive games and, two, and really basically half days rest. Um, so yeah, yeah, those those games are, are very very tough. And then you know I don't know, not, not too many people have a mindset ready to compete on Monday because they kind of feel like that's the beginning of the week. But you have to really be mentally on edge for those Monday games. Is it Blue Monday? We used to say Blue Monday. Oh, especially yes. if you're off on the weekend, <laughs> then you got to come to, yes. come to work uh, or, or school right. Monday. Uh, but or, on the men's side, and then we'll be uh, right at the uh, top of uh, the hour break, Southern University men, uh, they came off a loss to uh, Grandma State University. And boy, the Grandma Knights coach, on social media, they are just yeah, you know they 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 start to bother me now. We we talk about Grandma State as family as well in the state of Louisiana, but guess what? Ugh, they're starting to they're starting to bother me, Coach. I'm gonna have to calm down. They're brutal. But, they're, they're brutal yeah. right? Never since they had, ever since they had the uh the life awakening injection of the Bayou Classic, they haven't stopped. <laughs> Oh yeah, and, and, and then um, if we use the word, we, we don't want to get into it. But um, I had Grandma Nice contact me and saying, you know, flip, flip. You know what I'm talking about, Coach. We won't we won't get into that. But um, yeah. it's gonna be all right, Southern. It's gonna be all right. But the Jaguars men's basketball team, they're on the roll. And one thing I can say about Southern's men's basketball team, they they have been consistent. They have really been consistent. Um, they spanked Arkansas Pine Bluff 99-51. to Terrell Williams uh, with 21 points lead, uh, led the way, 19 points by Tyrone Lyons. You scored 99 points. How how can you top that, Coach? That That's a lot of points. And, again, being very consistent, what is that? 91-51 and 51 would be uh, 40, a 48-point victory. Right, right. I know when I saw them play, and I think that one thing that as it comes off is impressive is how how much they play with the, the fundamentals, and they play tremendous defense. And uh, you know, they, those are relentless. I mean, it's not really too many people standing around. They move very well with or without the ball, and uh, the confidence that they're playing with right now uh, is through the roof. I, you know, picture that the. The Grambling game, the Grambling loss must have been, you know, a lot to do with the environment. And I think that Grambling played up, you know, to the best of their caliber. Um, I don't believe in having good night, bad nights. I believe that whoever's got the hot hand, you know, eventually will be successful. But I think that they rebounded very well. And it's fun to watch them play because they, they're very, very um, – it's just a different style of basketball that they're playing. And, again, on – we talked about it earlier. Then you scored 99 points Saturday. Okay, it's Monday. Mentally, you got to really get into the game. 
What did they do? Right. They topped it. 100 yeah. points. They defeated Mississippi Valley 100 to 72. So now 11 and 8 overall, 5 and 1 in the conference. And uh, Jaden Sadler, I think Varick, a listener last week, said um, he makes the team uh, go. And he kind of got banged up in the Grandma State game, but uh, 21 points. Isaiah Rollins, 17 points, 100 points, 99. Hey, they were able to do it on the Monday. Now that leads them into, yeah, Mike, I saw that, a big game at uh, at Alcorn State and then Monday at Jackson State. So they're going through that Mississippi uh, uh, a swing. And as we stated on the women's side, you know, they, they can't overlook Alcorn, which starts at 1 p.m. today. They can't overlook that game looking to Jackson State, who's undefeated in conference on on the women's side. So the men continue to be consistent uh, defensively. They're very good, and they're spreading the wealth around offensively. For for the women's basketball team, they've been consistent. Only one loss against Grambling State women. So they've got a big one. Once again, they can't look ahead, Coach, and I'm sure you can no. speak of that. You Say, say you play – your, team, your football team had a big game uh, week two. And then the next week you got one of your uh, – maybe a big school from New Orleans or, or in the area. You can't, you, can't look up, you can't look ahead, although it's easier said than done when you're dealing with young student-athletes. Well, those, in those situations, I tell – see, the kids, you can't lie to the kids. The kids know and they know they're better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what we do is, what I do is, I'm just irritable that whole week when we play a team that we know we're going to pretty much should beat. Um, and I think that just sets the tone from the coaches and all that, that this is not something that we're going to take lightly. And I think that, like I said, right now, you go into that game and you just attack full throttle doing what you do. Is you don't, in, in midseason, you don't have time to just work on something just because you think that you may be better. You have to basically go in and attack full throttle. And I think if they go in with that mentality, uh, it will really set a good showdown for them against Jackson. And I think that, um, you know, in, in those games like that with the emotions and big games, you can throw the records out the window because I think that the team that can execute uh, in those pressure situations will win. Yeah, and with Southern and Alcorn State on the men's side, uh, you know, battle for number one. We're, we're going to go over the uh, schedule for this week. We'll look at the standings, but I'm going to take a timeout, Coach. When I come back, yeah. uh, we're scheduled to visit with Coach Van Petaway, uh, the Coles Brown Show's basketball analyst. You're watching the Coles Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be right back. No. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Oh. That spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey, 
really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision, an SUV built around you, all of you. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Welcome back to this week's edition of the Coles Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. We're making adjustments to have Coach Van Petaway. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at some of the comments. I, I'm Coles Brown, of course, joined by Coach Robert Valdez. <laughs> oh, boy, I just had someone in, in the uh, comment section. It'll come back up. Uh, appreciate everybody. Good afternoon and watching in. And um, uh, Willard says, uh, William, excuse me, says you're not going to discuss the flips. Well, Coach, that is a delicate situation. And, and over the years, you know, I've been a, uh, I guess, a rebel. And uh, I, I, I just have to be careful. But I, I guess I can say the flips occurred, of course, uh, Bush, who committed I'll use the last name to uh, Southern University. Then he was uh, he decommitted, and then signed with uh, well not signed but committed to Grambling State University. Also a linebacker, Starks, committed, and the word the key word is committed. Then he decommitted and went to Grambling State. So with that being said, I'm just going to say this: it's going to be all right. Southern University do well recruiting and coach commitment is just this commit until you actually sign, which is what February second this this year. So with that being said, Southern um, University is going to be all right. They're going to be all right, coach. They're going to be fine. I think that people need to understand that commitment is like dating. Um, you know, it's just I'm telling you that I'm going to date you. I'm going to go with you, but until I uh, put a ring on you and marry you, then you know it's not legit legal. Uh, so, a lot of these kids, um, they are very impressionable when it comes to recruiting and whatnot. So they'll 
they'll commit to one place and somebody else comes up and has a little bit nicer presentation or package or something, um, you know, that um, that they'll do with those things. And they, and they flip and they flip. That's the, that's the, kind of the best way we, we can say it. Um, and, you know, everybody, there's no secrets in recruiting. Everybody knows who's recruiting who. Everybody knows what guys out there and mm-hmm. with the rivalry between Southern and Ramon, they know they know who the guys are that Southern is bringing on. These kids put everything on media. There's mm-hmm. no uh, secrets. They put everything on social media. They put everything on on text and whatnot. Um, but Southern will be okay. I think that they're doing a great job of getting kids to transfer into the program. They're doing a good job of evaluating their roster. Um, and they're identifying their needs. And I think that, you know, once you put all that in, in place, you may be, you know, not, you have to try to understand now is that with the early signing period, the kids you sign in December, those kids can come to your school in January and be part of your spring semester. The kids now, those kids, you don't see those kids until the summer. Well, So it's important to get those kids that you sign in January because those are the kids that you can acclimate faster to your program, your off-season conditioning, your classes, uh, the educational routine of the university and your installations and all that. Um, so let's focus a lot on what they already have in the building and not what they, you know, it's like don't worry about the chicken that you're trying to grab and let the one that you already have in hand go. So, you know, there's a lot to say and do with recruiting. I think that quality coaching, good coaching, good fundamentals, uh, discipline, structure, uh, mental toughness, all those things – when put in place, we'll be able to defeat talent. Well, that's a good point, Coach. And and I think Coach Jewel and them have uh, made the assessment. They know what is needed. They've got to uh, tweak the roster. And we kind of can look at, based on what we've seen, and, and you know Coach Dooley personally, you kind of know where he wants to go as far as what type of quarterback that he wants to have. Um, tall receivers and he's accomplished that so far again if you follow on on social media you can see the commitments and once again we'll say commitments are just that until they sign february the 2nd but you 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 can see the trend you can see what coach julie has done and coach he's he's identified the linebackers was very thin and what you stated on the show before um the secondary they have uh, filled those needs They've looked at that now, uh, talking to uh, someone close to the program. Um, they're trying to identify some D-line and continue to finish with the uh, wide receiver. And I think when February 2nd comes, I think you're going to be surprised that there's going to be a trigger man, more than one trigger man. And they had a great recruiting recruits in last weekend. And uh, this is the last, I guess, official weekend, right, Coach? that you can bring yes. people in and then, and then Wednesday, that's it. So um, I I think they're going to be all right. I, as a matter of fact, I know they're going to be all right, but just my opinion. Well, that'd be fine. I think that, like I said, once you – like I think Coach Dula has a great uh, plan, and I think that he has an identity of what he wants to see. I mean, he's got to be able to bring in guys that can play his style of football. And I think that um, – understanding the, 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 the roster, understanding what the makeup of what you have. I mean, let's call it a spade a spade. If you watch Southern football uh, over the last couple of years, you knew that we were not a vertical pass threat. So, therefore, everything for us was based on play action, bootlegs, and um, rollouts. 
Um, so being able to get someone that can push the ball down the field vertically and be able to extend the defense so the defense can cover more ground is, is pivotal. You know, and of course, you know, if you if they can't score, you can't lose. So therefore, you have to be able to improve in all three levels, defensive line, linebackers, and defensive backs. And I think that last year, you know, uh, defensive backs, you know, were in situations last year who kind of cost us some games, you know, in a couple of situations or not. But I think that you have to go out and get those guys. But the best friend to a defensive back is a strong athletic defensive line that puts pressure on the quarterback. So, therefore, you, you have to be able to identify those things. So, I think that, you know, from what I'm seeing on social media and, and, and kind of the buzz and recruiting, I think that they, they've identified, they're doing a very good job, and we'll see how it transpires to the February 2nd signing date. And then after that, you know, just it's time to grind. It's time to, you know, put the game plans in, install offense, defense, special teams, and get ready for the season. And, and Coach, um, since the last time, we talked to you, and I'm sure you know some of the guys that uh, we talked about it last week that they added on on the staff. Um, mm-hmm. Coach Terrence Graves, he's come back. He's he he started his coaching at, at, at right. Southern University. Also, Sean Wallace, I call him the bad boy who matured and grew. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he, he's at, at the safety position, and they've you know they've added a um, assistant director of football operations. So. You're very familiar with, with, with these guys, and I, I think fundamentals and teaching that is also very important, but I also think you're going to see some some passion from from right. these coaches. And as quiet as they kept, uh, Coach Dooley, I, I hear he can be very competitive in, in some of those 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 practices. He, he's going he's gonna to challenge you. You know, the coaches, hey, the D-line coach is going to go uh, against the offensive line coach, position coaches, you know, it, so it, they, they, they're going to bring that passion as well. I, I'm I'm super excited about the hires, man. I tell you, when you look at the guys that's on the staff, um, there's a lot of name recognition. There's a lot of football games that uh, those guys play for Southern University, and um, you know, was very very ecstatic to see Terrence Graves. You know, I mean, just his aura, his presence, his energy, the experience he brings to the table, and all that. It's tremendous, you know, uh, to Southern University. And I, I'm very partial to Sean Wallace because uh, that was my high school idol. Uh, he, he went to Old Prairie Walker as well as I did. And um, so, you know, you talk about a guy who played. Like, I mean, Sean would lay it on the field and barely walk on Saturdays and Mondays, you know, just the way he played and whatnot. Um, and then one more defensive, defensive line coach, man, I mean, couldn't block him. You know, I think those guys – um, brings so much familiarity to the program, um, and there's a lot of excitement, a lot of buzz, and I think that is, is, is a great assembly of men that Coach Dula has put in the building. I think that um, that are going to be recognizable men in terms of us, the coaching uh, fraternity. Those are guys that we know, that we've had relationship with, and that's something that's huge. You know, you look at the same thing the LSU is trying to do or did as well as they try to bring in people that can relate to the high school coaches in Louisiana that we, we have some type of relationship with. Um, so, you know, as you do that and then, you know, to develop the trust and work and relationship that it takes, I think, yeah, you, you can't be a head coach if you don't have a competitive nature. Now, you got to be able to, uh, you got to be able to turn up all the juices on everybody and, and get everybody flowing and, and rolling. But, um, so far, so good. I think that uh, his coach has done his homework and has been able to put together a great group of men. 
And, and, and let's let's just talk about it because you know you have name recognition, you have guys that have um, you know coached in the NFL, you have some that played in the NFL but didn't coach in the NFL. Then you have guys who've you know been told to do the right thing, trust the process. You know Correct. they're looking for opportunities. I always talk about the opportunities. Position coaches want to what become. Mm-hmm. Coordinators. Then coordinators, they want to become head coaches. You just mentioned it about being competitive. Is that something when they go against each other? You know, I know the players go against each other, but the coaches go, is that in the back of their mind, okay, this is a chance where I can really showcase my coaching abilities and all I'm looking for is an opportunity and I'm going against, you know, name recognition guys that are now, now are coaching. Well, I don't, I don't think you do that inside the building at practice. I think the best compliment that a coach mm-hmm. can have is by his opponent. So, therefore, what happens is that if you're, if your room, we call, they call it the room, you know, working room. So, mm-hmm. if you're a position coach and you coach the running backs or coach quarterbacks, then you have a room. So, therefore, if I'm studying you, if I'm evaluating you, or game planning for you, and played against you, and so that your guys were super prepared that they were on top of it, that they did a great job of understanding and made adjustments and all that, then I know that they were very prepared. And I think that speaks higher. What happens is when you get in the building, get all these personalities in the building that want to compete, that has to transcend into the kids every day to compete at everything that they do. You're, um, you have to be great at where your feet are. And so where your feet are, you have to give them the best. So I think that these coaches coming in, you know, the first thing that they have to do is they have to be loyal to the head coach and then loyal to the program and then understand that their work is going to be recognized not by their words but by what their kids look like on game day. And so, therefore, that will be your resume. Um, but um, but when you bring in guys that, that, that like to compete, then, yes, practices are going to become a little bit more intense. And if your practices are great, if they're intense, if they're organized, if they're structured, uh, gameplay should be easy. Coach, I remember earlier this week, someone sent me a text message and said they love the idea of giving uh, coaches opportunities to come on the staff. Coach Demarcus Miller, I'm sure you know him, um, right. opportunity on the collegiate level. Coach Sean Wallace. And uh, this one person said, we want to see Coach. Now all we need is Coach Valdez <laughs> on the staff. But they, but they really think highly of you. And and you know your future is is going to be great. But uh, and I think I've asked you this before about right. uh, whether you um, have aspirations of you know going on to the next level. So I, I won't I won't ask you again. But I just wanted to relay that to you. Um, a guy who listens to the show is probably watching right now. He, he really thinks highly of what you've done um, at, at St. James High School. And uh, still, you're still relatively a young man. You're younger than, than me, Coach. Uh, the sky is the limit, sir. I, I believe truly. Well, I'm, pre- I'm blessed, man. I tell you, I'm, and I'm grateful. And I think that, you know, my, my I compete. I'm very competitive as well. But I think that I'm where I'm supposed to be. And I think that, um, you know, mm-hmm. it, it validates itself. Uh, we had a, a situation with a young man, a student. Uh, we're 7 through 12. And sometimes, you know, you, you, you want things in life and, you know, you wonder why you haven't gotten them. But God has a way of identifying where you need to be 
with situations and um uh, just a young man that was kind of a little troubled and all that. I never knew who he was, but to come and find out he was a student athlete. We're 7 through 12, and I don't get a chance to see the 7th and 8th graders until they kind of cross over to the high school part. And, um, you know, that, that kid needed someone at that moment because a lot of people didn't know what was going on. And, um, and, and it touched me a little bit because, like I said, wow, you know, if I wasn't there, what would that look like? You know, what, what would it be like for that kid and all that? So um, if if it's, you know, I'm, I'm about to be a grandfather, so I, I can't be making too many. Uh, I, I kind of have to be there. So things just happen and things play themselves out. And, you know, whatever God has for you is for you. And then you just have to be ready and prepare for it. So, uh, like I said, right now we, we're priming up at St. James to, to give everybody hell this year, 2022, and uh, and we'll be ready. Yeah, well, you know what? Next time, and I did see the 2022 schedule. I'm going to put it up next time. If I, if I send it to the producer ahead of time, and uh, yeah. we, we, we can put it up and um, and show a, a very competitive uh, uh, schedule. And if I can do this, Coach, we're still trying to transition with Coach uh, Van mm-hmm. Penaway. He's a head baseball coach of Arkansas Pine. And um, I, I, I asked him what I've asked you before about the transfer portal in high schools and how parents, I've talked to some parents that are really concerned about the opportunities to get to gather, to gather a scholarship as a student athlete. And he said something telling, which I think is a trend now, compared to someone who's already been in college, say, let's say a freshman, right? He decides, mm-hmm. hey, not getting it getting it done where he's at. He wants to go on the transfer portal. He point blank said he will take a chance on that person who's already had some collegiate experience compared to the high school athlete. And, and coach, that's, that's, that's where we are. That is where we are, yeah. and, and, and and this parent is really concerned. But there's other opportunities, NAI level, Division two, II, Division three. But that's where you are right now, and and he believed that this is the future. It's going to be this way for a while. Yeah, it's, it's going to be that way until there's some parameters built around it. Um, you know, I think that the kids that are going to be impacted the most by the transfer portal are, are a high school kids that are uh, basically your your middle grade type of guys. You know, your four or five star guys are going to be recruited heavily. You know, that those are considered can't miss recruits. The majority of the guys are in the middle of the pack. Those are the guys that are going to be that are going to be impacted the most, and junior college guys because. Uh, the junior college guys are going to be impacted as well because I, I don't need to get a JUCO guy. I just got to go into the portal. And so, you know, we talked about the buffet philosophy uh, before, whereas the portal is basically just when you walk into an all-you-can-eat buffet restaurant and identify, you know, everybody goes to the to the meat part first, but you know, you're probably going to need those vegetables and you're probably going to need that, that fruit and all that. Um, but we want, we want to go after – and then the last thing is the thing that concerns me the most about the portal is do all these kids fit because are they mm-hmm. running from something or are they looking for an easy uh, opportunity? So how do they fit? Cause you don't really have that much time to them. You really don't have that much time to get to know them. You're basically just observing them and evaluating them on the t- intangibles. 
And, um, you know, oftentimes you may not know how they fit your system, your program, your philosophies. So you got to be careful with that as well. It's going to be interesting. It, it has affected everything in recruiting, uh, names, likeness, and images as well. Now, if I can, um, have uh, Coach Van Petaway here on the Coles Brown Show. Coach, good afternoon. I'm not going to say morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Carlos. You're doing okay, Coach? We got you in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing fine, man. This this technology is something else, but I'm fine. Yeah, well, you know what? It's all about adjustments. And uh, Roy, the engineer, and and the guys at Black College Sports Network, the they, they do a great job because if I had to be the engineer, we'd be in a lot of trouble. But I'm learning. I'm learning, Coach. And, and speaking of learning, uh, what have you learned about this basketball race so far? Well, I, I think it's going. It's a very interesting race. Uh, I think we got four teams that could win it all between, uh, I think, between Southern Florida A&M and, and uh, Texas Southern, I think. And, well, and Alcorn, I think those are the four teams that I think uh, are playing the best right now. And uh, it's going to be interesting going down the stretch. In fact, this is a very big weekend uh, this weekend when, when you got Southern going against Alcorn to uh, number one against number four. So this weekend will help shape this race a lot. Yeah, on the men's right. side. Yeah, on the men's side. Uh, on the women's side, it, it appears to be – two teams heading for a collision course and they will uh, face each other Monday. And coach, right. on the show, we talked about Mondays. Mondays are always, <laughs> always tough, but, um, you know, not to exclude anyone else, but Jackson state and Southern on a collision course. Right. And see what that does. That's because you got that short, that short day of preparation. But uh, I guarantee you both of these teams are probably looking even though the day is Saturday, they're probably looking ahead to that showdown on Monday. And so they got to be careful because you can't look ahead. You got to play them one game at a time. But uh, th that's going to be a very big game. Uh, me and Coach Valdez were talking about that, how you, you know, you're dealing with young student athletes. And, Coach, you can tell them, you can preach to them, don't look ahead. But, right. hey, they're going they're, they're to peak. Ahead, and that's the job of the coach to kind of get up, get into them if they're going to do that. Well, it's not just the it's not just on the coaches now. You got to have some leadership okay. on your team. They got to help keep. They got to help. They got to police themselves. They got to help keep their teammates checked and focused. And they got to be telling them today to stay in the moment. You know, today is the day. We got to play Saturday. We got to get through Saturday, and so every, all of their energies and and all their concentration should be on their opponent today and not, not about that game on Monday. And, uh, Coach, we were talking in hour number one, going back to that Monday game, um, short uh, time to, for preparation, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Southern's men's basketball team. They put up, what, 99 points against Arkansas Pine Bluff, and you kind of yep. expected somewhat of a letdown, but then they do one better, 100 points. To me, they have been very one word consistent. Oh yeah, I, I told season. you that. Right, I told you that leading up to the conference season that 
they were playing the best, uh, basketball, the most consistent basketball in the non-conference schedule. So, uh, and I had, and I've had an opportunity to, to watch them play several times. So I'm real proud of, of uh, what Coach Woods is doing down there. He's got them dialed in, and uh, right now they are uh, doing the things that he wants them to do to win the basketball game. You're leading the conference in, in uh, he, he he's first in the conference in offense. And he's in the top five in defense. So he's getting it done on both ends of the floor. But I really like what he's doing on the defensive end. He's, he's, uh, he's mixing it up, and he's getting after people. So uh, the, the Jaguar Nation ought to be happy because they're playing inspired basketball. They just got to stay, stay behind this team. And, you know, during the course of a season, you're going to hit a rough spot. So when, when, if and when the team does hit that rough spot, the fans and a lot be there for those kids to pick them up because they can turn around. He's got a pretty good pro, pretty good team going. And speaking of, um, we've talked about the popularity of football, but um, we want to share some information basketball-wise. Um, there are going to be some games uh, starting today on ESPNU Network, Texas Southern and Prairie View and m but NBA, NBA TV – We'll also join in and um, televise some games uh, next week, Texas Southern MU, NBA TV. Then you're looking at Grammar State at Texas Southern on NBA uh, TV. And then, of course, ESPNU, Aiden Bethune-Cookman, that's February 21st. February 28th, Jackson State at Prairie View and m and Alabama A&M at uh, the 7th. Right. That's great exposure. That's good exposure. Right, right. And one of the other things that's happened this year, uh, don't we have some SWAC teams playing in Mobile this weekend? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, some of the teams are giving up their home court, but they're playing on a neutral site. So that road team has a, a, a better chance of pulling it off because it is a neutral site. <laughs> wow. Uh, you, you really – uh, right, Coach, before we get into your games of the week, and I kind of uh, know on, on the men's side, and we, when we say this week, Saturday and Monday, uh, we're going to come back to the men's and, and the women's side. But uh, I, I, I want to look. Um, Jackson State women, they did pretty good. Um, they beat Bethune Cookman by a big score, but could you believe against FAMU? Last Monday, ninety to thirty-four, and I found you, uh, students, alums. They said they're going to remember that 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 beating. It was tremendous whipping. Uh, I don't know if it was because of one of the factors was you is known to everybody, but they knew in the conference, and even you know football and basketball. That was a. Do you just burn the tape? Do you look at the tape? Have you ever been? Have you ever coached? Uh, coached in such a lopsided loss? No, 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 not that bad. Now ninety to thirty-four. <laughs> that's a lot. That's that, that's that's a big bunch. So, uh, and I didn't get a chance to see the game. So I, I'm hoping that they weren't pressing and trapping. You know, late in the game because you got this big lead. But now, if if they if Jackson State played everybody, played their bench, and they were not pressing and trapping. Then that's on fam. You you gotta you know you gotta up your game, but I, I just hope that uh, after we get more details, we find out that 
that Florida A&M did not run the score up by pressing and trapping unless there's something behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Because the only time that, to me, that I would do that, if if I was into it with that other school or that other coach, then, you know, I, I, I might try to turn the screws up that way. But normally, once you get a game, you play everybody and then just let the chips fall where they may. That's just like in football. You don't want, you know, if you got a big lead, uh, the game is only five or six minutes left in the game. You, you shouldn't be passing the ball, run the ball. Let the, let the time run out. So I'm, I'm just hoping that they weren't pressing and trapping late in that ball game because 9-34, you proven a long time ago that you were the best team on the floor. Yeah, well, that, that – that that's that's going to be interesting to uh, say say the least. Wow. Okay, on the men's side, there's literally a battle for for number one. Can we say it? What, what, what's your game of the week on the on the men's side? Well, the, for the men, I'm going Southern and, and Alcorn because of it's you know top two top four teams are, are going after each other, and I think this this game will have a lot to do with with with. Uh, you know, the conference race down the stretch because to me, with Southern going into Texas and already taking tech, I mean, already beating the two Texas schools, that puts them a leg up. That puts Southern a leg up for already winning that first battle against the Texas school. So I think uh, this is a very important game. All corner find out if they for real today. Uh, Southern, Southern had all they're doing is repositioning themselves so that when they do make that Texas trip, uh, they'll have the confidence to go into Texas and win. Who is favored in this game, in, in your opinion? Southern's on the road. They've been successful in the conference on the road. But it's always been tough, in, in, you know, in Lorman traditionally. Well, I, I honestly think <coughs> Southern's playing me. well right now. So I, I'm, I think that they got their offense in high gear, and I think Coach Woods will have these kids ready to play. I know it's going to be tough going up the street, I mean, up down the road there to go to, to, to Lawman, but I think you have them ready to play. So I, in this game, I'm going to go with Southern. On the women's side, I mean, there, there are some games today, but you know, all pointing to that Monday night game against uh, Jackson State. Will Will Jackson State at playing at home be a little too tough for Southern's women's basketball team? Well, that, that's going to be the big matchup on Monday. Um, I, I I would have to go with Jackson State only because they're playing at home. No, I, I understand. I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I just think Jackson State is the, is the better team. Now, even if they play the FG Clark Activity Center, which they're only going to play once this year. Right. Okay. I I think Jackson State is the better team. But now if you're playing the FG Clark Activity Center, I think Southern has a better chance. Now, on, on the road Monday, they can't look ahead. All-court state women has traditionally been tough for Southern University. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, Jackson State is playing well. Just a little bit more. A little bit more better team than Southern University's women's basketball team, right? Because right now they they got their their offense in high gear. You know they're 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 playing well when it when it comes to you know they're leading the women in offense, uh, seventy seven the game, and then uh, to turn around they're the number one defensive team in the league for the women. 
only giving up 61. So they got all aspects of, of the basketball game going real well. So Jackson State is playing well. I know they want to continue that streak. And so they'll they'll be ready on Monday. They'll be ready for this entire weekend. Yeah, and and we're kind of what at the just about at the midway point in in the conference. Southern has yep. to be still be consistent, get some games on the road, be consistent, and win at home. Prairie View starting to get hot to me, Coach. Can never forget about oh, yeah, them and then Texas Southern. Right on the on the men's side, Prairie View is uh they're they're picking up steam. Uh, they went through the two Alabama teams this weekend, and so uh, they're, they're, they're playing real well. So it's going to be real interesting down the stretch. And and that big game against, you know, their, their rival game, uh, that'll have a lot to do with how, how this conference race uh, pans out. Last but not least, Coach, who have you been disappointed as a team in the conference, I know last last time we talked about University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. What they what would they be able to do on the women's side? But um, dis- who's the most disappointing team on the women's side and, and on the on the men's side? If I can say it that way, albeit you still have more conference games to play. Right. Well, right now on on, on the uh, men's side, I'm a little disappointed in Jackson State. I, I thought I thought they would have. Uh, with Coach Brent being there for as long as he has. I thought he had a good nucleus coming back. He's got one of the top players in the league in McKinney on his team uh, with them being two and five. And at this point, that that's a little uh, – I'm a little perplexed by that. But uh, on the women's side, I'm going to be honest, I would be uh, – I'm a little disappointed in our women. I thought we would be doing a, a better on the women's side. Uh, we've had a couple of close losses, but you're still in fourth place. But I expected us to be up uh, a little higher than that. So those are my two teams on the men and women's well, side right now. Alabama A&M for the women and Jackson State on the men's side. Well, Coach, we appreciate the time. I'm glad we were able to make the adjustments and, and get you on. Uh, next time, you know, I, I don't want to brag too much on, on, on the professional side, my Miami uh, Heat, but uh, yep. hey, that Eastern Conference yep. race, man, it's only two games separating one through five. It's it, it's it's going to be interesting down the stretch, but um, I, I'm happy with, yeah, yeah. with with the Miami Heat coach. They're a young team, and they've played through a lot yeah, of injuries, yeah. and they still didn't lose any ground. Yep, Jimmy Butler's got that team, carrying that team on his shoulder, shoulders, and he's got them uh, headed in the right direction. So you ought to be proud of your heat. Uh, but it's still a long ways to go. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I knew you were going to say that. Coach, enjoy the rest of your weekend and continue to be safe, you and your family. All right, thank you, man. Uh, good luck. Uh, God bless and everybody be safe. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. That was Coach Van Petaway here on the Brown Show. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to see if we can uh, find A.D. Drew. And then last but not least, Rod Walker. Talking some Saints, Coach Valdez, Sean Payton, uh, 
is no longer the coach. What are they going to do at quarterback? What are they going to do at receivers? Over the salary cap, should the Saints go after an established quarterback? Who's going to be the coach? Should Eric Bieniemy get an opportunity? Should an African-American be considered? And, then, and Coach Dad Rooney rule, it only says that you have to, if you're going to interview so many coaches, you got to have a couple interviews with African-Americans. Wait, wait a minute. It, it, it's, it's only window dressing. Right. Opportunities, right. Coach. That's what we're talking about. Give people opportunities. Right. And whether they fail or succeed will be determined by them. But, hey, you can't, get, you can't even get opportunities. Are you right? And we just need to get in the room. Well, we will take a time out. I'll, I'll calm down. Thanks for calling me down, Coach. You're watching the Coach Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. We will return very shortly. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Caville of Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dash as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Them belly full, but we hungry. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from... Right here on the Black College Sports Network. Good afternoon to everyone. Appreciate everyone uh, tuning in. Remember, uh, like and share uh, the Coles Brown Show Saturdays, 11 a.m. Now, this Saturday we started 30 minutes late, but normally 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 12 noon to 2 p.m. That's Eastern 
Standard Time. So good afternoon to everyone. I'm Carlos Brown, joined by Coach Robert Valdez. And Coach, I was kind of going on a, a, an emotional tirade about about the the, the Saints, and, and we're scheduled to join with Rod Walker at uh, at about one p.m. So, <laughs> Coach, what do you think? Uh, Sean Payton um, has announced that he's he's retiring. Basically, going to take off a year. Just my opinion, and I think you'll you, you'll you'll see him again. But um, I can remember the bags. The fans wore bags over the Saints. Um, you're talking about a loyal fan base who saw a football team that struggled, and uh, then Coach Payton comes in, uh, management changes. And they were able to do a lot of things. They picked up Drew Brees. So now Drew Brees retired. Now Sean Payton. Coach, what do you think is going to happen with this uh, New Orleans Saints uh, football program? You know, it's going to be very interesting. I think that, you know, I saw the Sean Payton press conference, but you have to be able to identify the, the things that's going on. The Saints are well over over the salary cap. They're, mm-hmm. they're well over the salary cap. Um you don't have a a proven quarterback in the clubhouse. Miami Dolphins right. let go their coach after after one year. I mean, it right. Once again, you go back to opportunities. You know that that's the only thing you're right. asking. And, and and why does African American head coaches have to be extra extra qualified? Correct. When you see a lot of the other coaches get recycled. You know, or, or, or they're given yes. opportunities. I, you know, like I said, mm-hmm. I don't call the plays. You know, Eric Bieniemy calls the plays. Now I do. Um, I will entertain, you know, some situations and all that. We talk about it, but you know, he's the play caller. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we. And I said it. I posted this on social media. It shouldn't take black people to hire black people. We're qualified and we're prepared, and you know, therefore, these gentlemen need these deserve these opportunities because they're prepared for them. They're, they're mm-hmm. to, you know, they're guys that get recycled and they be, you know, they, they were never really good and they still aren't really good, you know. And so who knows? But I, I, I think that hopefully this year is the year that we knock the door down a little bit and get a couple more of these deserving black men and these opportunities to, you know, lead these, pro, these, these teams. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, listen, Coach Leftwich, um, reportedly will be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, guess what? Good luck there. They, they, I mean, they, they have just struggled. And then, you know, it, it makes me um, go back to the time where, where you see African-American coaches getting opportunities like at New Mexico, New Mexico State, where mm-hmm. other coaches struggled at, at winning there. You know, how money. Right. You know, the, right. the the great – what was the name of that offense? The great um, running shooter. He called it something else. The air Raid. But, air Raid offense. Yeah. Air, wow. Air Raid. Okay. But 
with that being said, I wouldn't just, you know, once again, I, I talk about the opportunities, but then certain programs where you've seen most of the people have failed, I, I still can be selective coaching some of the opportunities if presented to me. New Mexico State has struggled. They just have struggled, but opportunities at some of the uh, better programs. That's where I, I see most of these coaches needing to get an opportunity at, you know, not right. some place where everybody else has struggled. Right. Don't, don't, don't give it to us when nobody wants it, you know, give us an opportunity to be able to have the same resources and the same opportunities a lot of these other guys have. And, and that's, that's what it's all about opportunities. So uh, the, the New Orleans saints, you know, I, I can imagine them making Loomis them saying, well, we, we've got to get this right. So we're not worried about rushing and, and, and making the hire quickly. But somehow I got a feeling Coach Dennis Allen, I think he's going to be uh, the number one candidate. And I think they'll interview some other ones. But uh, I can see the point about promoting from within. But then also I can see Coach Bienemy coming in and, and adding excitement and, and an offense. And you talked about it. Defensively, the Saints have really done well. They, they, they've got a problem. Coach, um, Jameis, you know, mm -hmm. he's put out that he's been rehabbing. That's going well. Um, he'll get an opportunity if it's not with the Saints. What do you think of the opportunity of uh, bringing him back? I think it'd be a great opportunity because you have to understand, Jameis, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was only on a one-year contract. Right. Um, and um, so, therefore, Bart, you know, with a very difficult salary cap, shouldn't be that hard with, uh, to be able to just sign him and keep him. In the, you know, I, I just don't think that Taysom Hill is the complete uh, total option right now. I just, I just think that his play – uh, defense coordinators are very, very sm smart and would be able to design and structure defense around taking away what he can do. I think that every once in a while he can come in and give you a spark, but I don't think he's an every down quarterback. And I think that, you know, if you if you do go with Dennis Allen, then Dennis Allen's biggest selling point is he's going to have to bring in a good offensive coordinator because you can't replace a Sean Payton offensive mind guy without being able but people in New Orleans are used to scoring. They're used to offense. So in order to keep the fan base excited and happy, you're going to have to be able to bring in someone that's going to be able to, you know, light up the scoreboards and check the light bulbs to make sure they're working. But uh, it's going to be interesting the direction they go. But I think that Jameis Winston should be um, a strong fit in the future, in the near future, unless you're going to just go on and just keep him and draft a young quarterback. Wow. I'm kind of – the Saints kind of remind me of uh, somewhat of, of, of the Southern Jaguars. They, the, the, the passing game was was limited. You run the football, but then if they if they slow down and stop running the football, can they consistently pass the ball to win? But um, it's going to be interesting, Coach, to see see what what the Saints uh, will, will will do. So Rod Walker will join us uh, very shortly. Ad Drew. Good afternoon, sir. I keep wanting to say good morning, but good afternoon. How you doing? Well, I'm doing fine, man. Uh, 
why y'all talking about the Saints and NFL coaches and stuff like that? I just want to know is Brian Flores on the list? I would if he I'm the general manager. I would. I would talk to him. I, I mean, he should him. be. Yeah, yeah. I should be. I mean, who think he did a bad job in Miami? I, I will say this: he, if you he took that Miami team from garbage to competitive. Well, I'm, I will say this, not to cut you off. If you can motivate men to stay focused in Miami, you're doing a great job. <laughs> <laughs> and well, on that well, subject, let's get back to some HBCU football. <laughs> well, that could be a good fit to New Orleans, you know what I'm saying? Because New Orleans and Miami have a lot of kind of similar vices that work they against you. Lie, they you well, I'm glad the Miami Heat that they have practice in uh, – Keeping the balance between on the court and the bubble, and, and, and the off bat, the court, they, they, they still got the heat in the bubble. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I, I hadn't been there. But hey, uh, why, somebody, why you when you go, win that first year. Can I say that out loud. Yes, I do. Trust me. Get used to it. Do they know it? Well, hopefully, Eric Bieniemy will will get a get a head coaching job somewhere. I would love it to be at the Saints, but if not the Saints, he deserves the opportunity. Don't don't you don't you agree, AD? Yeah, Bianca B, uh Flores definitely should be on the list. Uh but uh, and I'm drawing a blank. What's your guy from the Raiders? Uh you know what he did this year with everything that went on with the Raiders, you know, he he definitely uh he definitely deserves an opportunity, and there, uh, there are many, there are many more uh, who deserve an opportunity. You know, uh, and if if it's me, uh, why not look at the Mike Tomlin coaching tree? I mean, if you want consistency, how to run a consistent NFL program? I mean, he hasn't had a losing season in what 15, 17 years. Since he's been there as coach, you know, and you talk about an organization that's had three head coaches in my lifetime, and I was born in 1972. You know, you had Chuck Chuck Noll, uh, Bill Cowell, and Mike Tomlin. Those are the only three coaches that the Pittsburgh has had in my lifetime, and I'm and I turned 50 this year. So just c- c- consistency. So if you're talking about a uh, that you would want to model your franchise after and get somebody with those type of characteristics. Not only should the Saints, but any NFL team should look at that uh, Pittsburgh coaching tree, that Pittsburgh coaching circle. Uh, with that, I heard y'all mm-hmm. talking about the Rooney Rule before I was able to uh, to finally log mm-hmm. on. The Rooney Rule is the you know the big the biggest joke that we have uh, right now in professional football. We get we we got to interview you, okay? We we all know how interviews go now. You could be doing a paper interview right. right now and get your form letter. Thank you. Thank you for calling. God bless you and good night. And that's mm-hmm. what it is. And nine times out of 10, these general managers know who they want. So, when you, you know, I was I was surprised that the enemy was not a candidate for the Chicago job because that Chicago just hired a their general manager out of the Kansas City organization. You would have thought mm. that would have been a prelude to the enemy going to Chicago. And and, and and that's how these things go. You hire a GM from an organization, then the, then the head coach for the uh, 
t- tends to go there. Uh, just look at uh, who's got. They just hired the Buffalo Bills uh, guy as general manager. Then they just hired the uh, the OC as the uh, head coach of the Buffalo uh, of yeah. the Buffalo Bills. That that tends to be how this goes. It just happened this week. I've had so much going on. I can't. I, I, I'm I'm starting to lose my train of thought. But uh, that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's, that's how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and even Minnesota. Few days, so. No, I understand. Um, yeah. Guys, Minnesota just hired an African-American, uh, I believe, general manager. I mean, we're saying coaching, but we're also, hey, a step further in general managers. You would think oh, that would but, help. Uh, speak, speak, speaking, of, speaking of African-Americans, did you see that there's an African-American who's the leading candidate to buy the Denver Broncos? Mmm. Now that passed me. I missed that one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. You missed that one. Uh, uh, if I go back, uh, I'll see if I can find it uh, before I get off the air with the article. Uh, with that, but uh, yeah. But uh, the reason I came that I wanted to come on your your show today, Carlos. Man. Mm-hmm. What's up with all this chatter about this doggone game in Birmingham, man? I, I, I've heard plenty yeah. of Jackson State people. I haven't, I haven't had an opportunity to talk to a Southern person to get their opinion on this game in Birmingham before I chime in. Looks in. Well, me and Coach Valdez has talked uh, about it in hour number one. I can just give you. Uh, my my personal opinion, and, I, and 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 I'll do that. And then uh, I've talked to some Southernites when 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 the story first broke. Let's go back. Can't remember the year. I'm having a middle age moment, but um, Southern University moved a conference game that was scheduled for Baton Rouge in the past to 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 Jackson, Mississippi, and the local business, even some legislatures. In the state of Louisiana was like, wait a minute, what the hell? And it was moved to Jackson. So now we fast forward to, to, to now. Of course, Southern and Jackson State roll off each other's schedule. They can play the game now as a non-conference game, but uh, apparently both director of athletics needed some help. They couldn't get where they wanted to as far as the deal, so they asked the conference to intervene. And so uh, Birmingham and Birmingham, you know, sweet in the pot was saying, well, you know, expenses, all that, we'll cover all of that. And right, right now we can, you can get about half a million dollars up to $1.5 million. It based on, you know, if it's 30,000, then if you get a you know, 60,000 yeah, in, in, in the stadium. So most other nights that I talked to, you know, they were, they were up in arms, but then, you saw Coach, um, uh, not Coach, um, Commissioner McClellan, uh, he was on Dr. Cavill's show. Also, he was on HBCU Game Day. He did a segment with Tarley Carr, and he explained, you know, how this could be a lucrative deal. Now, that's for, for, for two years, 23 and 24. Then Jackson State is going to roll back on Southern schedule and vice versa. As conference game, me and Coach Valdez, we kind of challenged the city of Baton Rouge when that happens to sit down with Southern, have a, a feasibility study, and how you can work together to make 
that home game, and not just that home game, all the home games. Pete Richardson Classic, where it could be much better financially and be a benefit to both the uh, local business and the city of Baton Rouge. And to do that, you're going to have to get down and partner with the city of Baton Rouge. So as more information, as I close, more information has come out, hey, they're, they're not going to be able to turn down $1.5 million, but you kind of look for the future, believe that, hey, we've got to do a better job in the city of Baton Rouge partnering with Southern University because Southern University is a valuable asset to uh, the city of Baton Rouge and specifically North Baton Rouge. Uh, Coach Valdez may have something different that he, he can add to uh, the Southern and Jackson State ball game being played in 2023 and 2024 to in Birmingham, Coach. I, I just, like I said already, I think that, um, you know, we owe Jackson the 2022 one, so we'll be back in Jackson gassing up the uh, the, the, the car. Um, I just think it takes away from the from the city itself, the the community. It takes away from North Baton Rouge. It takes away from Jackson, Mississippi. Um, I understand what the SWAC is trying to do. Um, I, I just think, that personally, I think that this is uh, corporate wins and the little um, small town, I guess, loses to to me. Um, now, of course, you know, the SWAC would like to have a centralized location uh, to have showcase all the teams in the conference, but I think Southern and Jackson got a real good thing going on. And uh, I think that the fanfare and the, the rivalry, um, you know, deserves to be in the backyard of each school. But, I mean, like I said, I understand decisions have to be made on a grander scale in terms of, you know, the monies that are guaranteed and whatnot. You know, but I think the, the communities would be losing out. Yeah. Uh, by saying this, 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 go, this goes for both sides of this argument. This is... College athletics are a business, number one. If right. it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make sense. And people, despite our fandom, we all love which whatever name we put on the front of those those T-shirts or jerseys or whatever. We have our love and affection for that particular entity. What people don't realize, and me having been on the other side of it, and you, and you can attest to this even on the high school level, uh, Coach, it costs to have home games. Right. On the collegiate level, a lot of those players, scholarships, what, what, what people don't understand is you get you get your budget. We'll just say you get $10 million for your, for your budget. Mm -hmm. Of that $10 million, you may be spending $5, 6000000 million of it just on athletic scholarships. Those scholarships are charged back to your university. It's basically like you're getting a loan from the university to bring in these players, and it's your job as athletic director, coach, et cetera, to bring that money back to the university to replenish, to replenish those funds. Correct. A lot of times, and part of this is because our communities don't value the HBCUs and, and this divide between town and gown. You know that a lot of times the local communities don't recognize the economic impact of our HBCUs. You you guys are there in a in a, in a major media market uh, in the state of Louisiana. 
pretty sure you have local, you have local television stations. How many times does the Southern get local coverage on the on the local news? In the local newspapers, probably not often. Mm-hmm. We know the school on the other side of town gets gets all the all the coverage. And right. Southern is an example of of many schools where where this happens at. So, if I can take my product out of its home market and make more money to replenish that money that I had to quote unquote borrow from the university to pay for these scholarships. What? Now this this gives me more of an opportunity to do those improvements. We've seen what everybody in the SWAC is doing with their locker rooms. Everybody mm-hmm. needs a new practice facility except for about two schools. Everybody needs improvements on their stadiums and thing and things like that. Everybody would love to have another assistant coach. But you gotta have money for that. These opportunities are those are some of those things that are going to give them that opportunity. And this neutral site game gives you a two-year windfall, where if you have pay a home at home, you get it that you get that one year, and then you don't, don't get it. And, and let's be real, you're talking thirty thousand for a home game in Baton Rouge. That that game is probably going to draw what forty-five, fifty in Jackson on the return game. Mm-hmm. So Jackson Jackson wins automatically because they have capacity than than Southern. But if Correct. Southern can get, if you could draw forty thousand in Birmingham for two years and split that, Southern Southern comes out actually comes out ahead just on that, just on the attendance. Plus the fact that all you got to do is get them there. You don't have to pay for security. You don't have to pay, and, and Doctor McClellan hit him on the head. The trash pickup. You ain't got to pay the officials. You ain't got to cut the grass. You ain't got to paint the grass. You ain't got. All you got to do is get them there. They gonna feed them when they get there. You ain't even got to do that. All you got to do is get them there. There, there are there are many expenses. You know you got. Yeah, they charge you to park, but guess what? Somebody got to pay them parking attendants. Somebody got to pay those ticket takers. All that stuff is out the window. Twenty thousand. You go. You. I'm supposed to give you a half a million to a million. All it costs you is twenty thousand dollars. Who in their right mind not gonna do that? Who in their right mind is not going to do that? And then Carlos, you could probably attest to this. There are there are a lot of Southern alumni in the state of Alabama that I know. There are even more important. There are Southern alumni in Atlanta. Who will be more likely to come there two hours from Atlanta to Birmingham than that seven hours from Atlanta to Baton Rouge for that Baton Rouge home game? Mm-hmm. And those people will be coming twice. Let's, let's, let's be real. Anything with Jackson. There are plenty of Jackson State alumni in Atlanta, in Nashville, in Birmingham, in Montgomery. And these are things that I know for a fact. That'll that'll go take a two-hour ride to that game versus a five to seven-hour ride to one of these other states. Well, one point five. I think I lost my soapbox for a moment. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, well, we, we value. Uh, that, that, that was a great answer. That was yeah. a great answer. Yeah. Go ahead, coach. No, I, I will say that that was a very, very good answer, and I think that. 
you know, my spin on it was not more so on the university's academic impact, but more or less the community. And I, I think I do agree with you uh, on all your points that you hit. And um, it's, it's tough. It's tough for university, uh, for an elect department to not, you know, consider that, you know, and, and that, that is very tough. Yeah. Um, you know, so that, that I appreciate the, uh, the answer and, 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 the, and the outlook on that aspect. And... I'm looking yeah. at. And then, uh, hello, Carlos. Before you get to, hello, Carlos. Before you get to it, and there is a trickle now for the for the local economy, because now that's if, if with this money there are actually probably more scholarships that we you could possibly fund. Not maybe not necessarily for football because we know football is usually maxed out. But what about those hmm. non-rare sports that are partially funded? You know, when when you get ten scholarships and you only only have four because it's all yours. Now with this money, maybe you could get six, seven, eight, even fully fund a, a sport. Baseball has has eleven eleven point some odd scholarships. Is Southern really funding all eleven of those scholarships? Maybe, well, maybe, uh, uh, maybe not. But now there's a trickle down effect because now you can bring in other athletes. And those athletes are spending money in the local community. So there is a trickle-down effect from this for the local community. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> one they could make 1.5 potentially for two years. That's $3 million. Next, and I'm going to take a little shot here. If you get that money, and I know you got to reinvest it in other aspects of the athletic department, but if you do what you say, with that income, you know, if you need, Southern has a master plan that they put out that Coach Vedder, as you saw, they're talking about practice facility, that, 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 that would help. But then I'm looking at that's, and I have to put it this way, those two years is a short term. When Jackson rolls back on Southern's schedule and it's a conference game, I'm putting more emphasis on the long-term plan. Baton Rouge, the city, how valuable is Southern University? Somebody do a feasibility study and see what is what Southern is worth. Then you, Baton Rouge and Southern, you get together. And so not only just that one game, but all home games. And I specifically talked about the Pete Richardson Classic. That should be a classic, a four-day event, and you can do it. But how valuable is? So I'm looking at the long-term picture. Yeah. They can't turn down to 1.5 million potentially, and for two years that's three million. That's a lot of money. Bayou Classic, I guess what? It's a million dollar payout. They get that every year, so we just want to see them do better. And I challenge the the community of Baton Rouge, the, the local government, on that situation. Ad closing comments. Uh, one thing. Uh. To all my Jackson mm-hmm. State folks out there, you know, I don't hear y'all talking about Jackson State having to go down to Miami two years in a row. And remember this year. That's a, that's a classic, Jackson, right? Jackson State's, but this is Jackson State's home game that they're, that, they, that they're going to Miami on. See, last year it was FAMU's home game. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. But this is Jackson State game this year. I don't hear Jackson State people com- complaining about that. Number one, oh, I heard. And I heard two, some. Uh, I heard some. Not not as much as they complain about playing y'all in Birmingham. Uh, and number two, the guy who I was talking about is uh, Robert F. Smith. 
he's, he's a Denver native. He uh, has his own private uh, equity and venture capital firm, Vista Equity Partners, which is the fourth largest enterprise software company in the world behind Microsoft, Oracle, and SAP. And the man is worth $6.7 billion. That's a B dollars. So and that's for Denver? Know, to become a majority black and we don't want to use the word owner we want to use the word chief executive or some, something else along the lines because owner can be such a derogatory uh term uh that learned what, that. What, what team is that Villa for teaching me that <laughs> the denver broncos yes sir what what de- okay and then they just hire a coach he's in he's 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 in he's in the running yeah, he's in he the running he, along he, with people like he doesn't Ryan look like Hill, us, Peyton right? Manning and Jeff Bezos. He does not look like us. Yeah, okay. He, he, well, until he, he, you know, probably, I, I, probably, I just want to see more people looking at his picture. Look like us, AD. Between you and me on color. Hey, it would be nice. Him mm-hmm. and Michael Jordan be the only two. Well, we're just looking for the opportunities. Just the opportunities. AD, I appreciate you. You had me thinking there. I like that. Different perspectives. We're going to do it again real soon. And uh, right, no, man. I still want to be Jackson State. Six months. Yeah, well, no, it won't be six months, <laughs> but I still want to be Jackson State no matter what sport it is. Maybe Jackson hey, State fam, you can play in Birmingham. I'm pass it this year. I, November I, the 5th. I'd like to see fam, you in Alabama A&M. I'd like to see fam, you in Alabama A&M or Birmingham. I think that would be another good game for uh, Birmingham. Well, it's got to be or teams Tennessee that State fam you in Birmingham. Yeah, that's that's exciting. The challenge is going to be if you have UAPB and say Mississippi Valley if they decide to have it in Birmingham. Maybe I'm out overthinking it. But uh, have a great weekend. That Continue was, safe, AD. Man, you're overthinking it. I appreciate you, fellas. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick time out. Coach, we're going we're gonna to talk to Rod Walker next, if we can find him. Rod Walker will join us. I, I, yeah, I'm i going to ask him, how was it covering Sean Payton? T- Coach, I'm bald because sometimes Sean Payton, what? His, his play calling. I'd pull my hair out if I had it. But I also know he meant a lot to the Saints, and he did a great job. We'll visit with Rod Walker next. You're watching the Carlos Brown Show on the Black College Sports Network. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. 
Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Back to this final segment of the Carlos Brown Show. If you just tuned in, you missed A.D. Drew. Now we're going to be joined by Rod Walker, uh, the New Orleans advocate, uh, uh, a Jackson State fan. I was kidding him. Um, I tell you, the Jackson State fans <laughs> everywhere. But uh, good, <laughs> good afternoon, Rod. <laughs> What's going on, Carlos? Hey, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, well, that, yeah, he, he, but he's not allowed to wear Jackson State paraphernalia just yet. I, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to have fun. It's HBCU love. But uh, now we're going to talk about, in the span of, what, a couple of years, Drew Brees, the face of the organization, gone, retired. Now, Coach Sean Payton, but I don't think he's retired Permanently, but I'm gonna question talk with Rod Walker about that. Um, Sean Payton decides to, uh, you know, say it's over with, with with the Saints. You've covered him. What will that impact be on, on the organization? Uh, I think to me, one of the big things, um, when we talk about Sean Payton, we talk about the culture uh, just in that locker room, and he built a winning culture. I mean. Before Sean Payton, I mean, I don't think the expectations were very high around here. I mean, because of Sean, you're talking about people talk about getting to the playoffs every single year. I mean, you just think that's going to happen, and that's a testament to the, mm-hmm. to the work that he did. And obviously, he had Drew Brees along with him for that ride. But I think one of the big things they're going to miss, man, is <clears throat> when you when you talk about free agency and you talk about some of these offensive players, quarterbacks, receivers. A lot of those guys they want to come to New Orleans because they wanted to play for Sean Payton, and that's not going to be the case now. So uh, whoever they get to, you know, take his place is going to choose to feel as far as just, you know, keeping that, that, that legacy going of being such a 
offensive team. And again, offensive players wanted to play for the Saints. So I think that's going to be missed a lot. And just just to call, he was he was a players coach. I mean, he I mean, you saw him dancing in the locker room, and um, the players really liked playing for him. If you looked on Twitter this week after mm-hmm. he announced his that he was stepping away. Uh, you could just see out the outpouring from all the players, and you can tell it was genuine stuff. I mean, they weren't just, you know, a lot of times people leave, people just say, oh, we're going to miss them. But, you know, it was some genuine comments from everybody, from Alvin Kamara to Cam Jordan to, you know, just going back to players, Marcus Colson that played for him in the past. So, I mean, he's definitely a guy that uh, players respected and enjoyed playing for. And speaking of the locker room, Coach Valdez, he's a better dancer than Coach Kelly. Wow. At uh, LSU in that locker room. By far. That, I mean, By far. that was hideous. But I've digressed, <laughs> I've, I've digressed <laughs> on that one. I don't know if you've seen it, Ron, on Twitter, but my, my goodness. Oh, no, don't do it, Coach Kelly. Don't do it anymore. With that being said, where does this going to go? Now, you know, coaching, I, I've, I've heard, you know, they may go in-house, if I can use that term. Dennis Allen, he, you know, will Coach Bienavi, will an African-American be truly considered and given an opportunity? What will be the time frame, you think, and, and what direction will they go? Will, will Coach Dennis Allen, when it's all said and done, get the job? And, and I know I'm just asking your opinion. Um, you know, if, if you if I had to bet money on it, I think I would say that they probably will give the job to Coach Allen. I think, to me, I think they should at least be honest in their um, evaluation of candidates. Though I mean, I think they owe it to the franchise to not just hand him the job just because he's been here. I know that's the easy thing to do and the safe thing to do, but I think you need to, you know, look at these candidates that are out there and interview them and see what their vision is. Um, that's the fair way to do it. But, I mean, this is a team that's never had a black coordinator, let alone a head coach. So, um, you know, is that something they're going to do? <laughs> um, who knows? But I, I do think that mm-hmm. – I think Dennis Allen will end up getting a job. And, you know, I know a lot of times when when people move on, you you just want to kind of keep it in-house and you think it's not going to, you know, kind of make the transition smoother. But I don't know if that's mm-hmm. always the best answer, but a lot of times that's what people do when they're in that position to make those hires. And um, – so uh, he's definitely the favorite, I would say, going into this uh, coaching search process. And the Saints, you know, they're kind of behind on this because, you know, Sean Payton announced this on Tuesday. You had eight other teams at the time looking for looking for head coaches. Uh, so And those teams had already started the process. Mm-hmm. Three of those teams, the um, Broncos, the Bears, and the um, Giants, have, you know, they've hired their coach since Tuesday in the past three days, so past four days. Um, so the Saints are a little bit behind. And so they're gonna have to, you know, talk to their guys quick and, and make a decision. But but Mickey Loomis told us yesterday they're not gonna rush. They want to get it right. Which is, that was good to hear. I mean, they're not, you know, I don't know if he just said that or if that's really what they plan to do. But um, it sounds like they're, you know, going to do a, a diligent process. Get it right, Coach Valdez. I'm sure you have a, a much better a better questions for the football coach for Coach Rod Walker. So go ahead, sir, if you have any Rod, questions for Rod Walker. I just I, – I, I don't – I think that, you know, you, you, said, you made a great point by saying you don't think that it may be the best thing just to keep us in-house. I think that – do you believe that's that's safe on the organization that has so many other 
challenges in terms of salary cap? Um, well, <clears throat> obviously the cap has been <clears throat> has been an issue, and you know they seem to always been able to figure it out somehow. But uh, this team definitely has some some bigger issues. I mean, they have to decide on what they're going to do quarterback. I mean, Jameis the guy. Um, I don't think Taysom's the guy. I think we kind of saw that, but you know. You don't know. I mean, to me, that goes hand in hand. Whoever you interview with this coach, you need to see what their vision is for quarterback. And, um, you know, I'm one of those people. I don't, I don't think that a, a coordinator is necessarily always – you can be a good or a great coordinator and not be a great head coach. I mean, it's, it's not Correct. automatic. So you, you're always taking a chance. Obviously, Dennis Allen's been a head coach before. Um, we know about his time in, with the Raiders and how they struggled. But uh, I just think you have to look at look at the hole and, and see what this team – wants to do uh, the defense looks this is a super bowl defense i mean they're good enough to win the super bowl with this defense offense has some some major issues um and obviously injuries and the, the, you know we know what happened on the offensive line with some of those guys but uh, they got to get a quarterback and they got to get some receivers they can count on i mean you're solid with alma Kamara, and you know you may and you got mark ingham i guess if he's back but uh, definitely some issues on the offensive side of the ball they have to get fixed it won't matter who's you can bring uh, Bill Belichick in here. He won't win with with the, some of the issues on that offense. So you got to get that fixed first. Also, will this be a um, a Loomis decision, or who would be basically involved in the decision making of the course of the future? Um, when we talked to him yesterday, I mean, I think I think he'll probably end up making the the ultimate decision. But I mean, he said Miss Benson will be in on the process. I'm sure she's going to talk to whoever it is and some of the other people. Mm-hmm. And he didn't mention specifically who they were, but there are some other people on the um, in the front office that are going to be in on it. But I think when it's all said and done, it'll be it'll be Mickey. And, you know, one of the good things about this job this time is, you know, Mickey talked about about back in 2006. You know, he couldn't even get coaches to pick up the phone when he's when he had this job opening. But now wow. you know, his phone's ringing off the hook. I mean, that just tells you, you know, the job that Sean Payton did. That people want to coach here now. And this wasn't a you know, 16 years ago, this wasn't a job that people wanted. You know, nobody, you right. you stay away from this job. This is like, you know, right. um, so that's good. I mean, he, he's going to have some options and he's going to have people that want this job. And this is a team that was, you know, one game away from the playoffs this year and they won division four years in a row. We don't know the, we don't know what Tom Brady is going to do, but let's say he retires. I mean, this division is, it's like, if Brady retires, the Saints are probably the favorites again next year. You know, that's just, that's just how it is. So, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a good job. And I think that's, you know, when you're hiring, you want to have a job that people want to come want to come to. So I think that that definitely works in, in the Saints' favor. And, you know, the other day I ranked the positions of the all the jobs that were open, and it was nine at the time. And I had the Saints, like, third. I thought the Raiders' job. And mm-hmm. I had the Broncos high just because last year Aaron Rodgers talked about um, going to the Broncos. I mean, you put Aaron Rodgers on the Broncos. They're, you know, they're a really good team. So, uh, but I think the Saints' job is still like one of the better ones up there. And I, I mean, you mentioned the salary cap issues. That's definitely going to be a, you know, they got some. They have some question marks, you know, regarding that. Well, it's going to be interesting. I guess everyone would would be in agreement that you've got to settle on the quarterback position. Then second, um, the wide receiver core. Um, Jameis Winston, you know, I saw on social media, he posted a picture of him rehabbing. It seems to be going well. I'm just interested in seeing what, what do you think the chance of him coming back and signing, uh, 
you know, another short-term deal. And then, you know, I've asked you before, Michael Thomas. You know, I've had people to tell me, look, go ahead and he played his last game for the Saints. Can you can you put him in a trade deal and maybe get, you know, a, a better, a more explosive quarterback? I, I, I don't know. What, what do you think is going to happen? Man, that, that Jameis question, to me, that's the big – the biggest question mark, I mean, I think you had, you know, there were the rumors about, you know, Russell Wilson coming here. There are people who thought Aaron Rodgers would come here and, oh. you know, via trade or whatever. But I just wondered, those guys, would they even want to come here without Sean? I just think, to me, Sean was just such a big draw for this team, and I just don't know right. how much his departure changes all of that. Um, as far as Michael Thomas, I mean, we haven't really, we haven't talked to him at all, you know, since – I guess since last season, actually. So we don't really know where his head is. And I do know that Michael Thomas seemed to, even reading his tweet, I mean, he seemed to really appreciate, you know, his time working with Sean Payton. And, again, if you're an offensive player, I mean, you want to play for Sean Payton because he's going to typically get you the ball if you're a guy like Michael Thomas or, or Alvin Kamara. So um, I don't know where his head is right now. And, you know, if he, if he comes back, I mean, obviously he helps that out, that the receiving core tremendously because he – you throw it to him, he's going to catch it. I mean, that's just kind of what he does. So uh, he'd be a big improvement for this offense. And, guys, let, let's turn our attention a little bit more. Um, I know I don't really care for a team in the state of Texas. And everyone on social media is giving their input on where Sean Payton will end up if he decides to come back and coach him. How realistic is it that Coach Payton may be at uh, oh, well? I gotta say it, the Dallas Cowboys. Tell me, I'm dreaming. Maybe I, I dream that. Well, he. I mean, he did emphasize that he did not want to coach this year, so I do think he's going to this year out. This year, yeah. You know, a lot of times coaches say that, and especially getting you get into TV and you can make all that TV money, not have to be grinding a hundred dollars a week. You'd be like, you know what, this is actually even better. I'm still around the game I love, and I'm getting paid, and I'm not away from my family all the time. So, you know, he might get into TV and decide not to do it. But I do think the Cowboys' job is – I mean, he coached there. I mean, he's been there. I do wonder if Sean Payton and Jerry Jones could get it – could how they would mesh because in New Orleans, Sean Payton pretty much ran everything. He it was right. – he did. He called that. Dallas isn't like that. You know, Jerry Jones is – He's always in the interviews and the microphones are in his face. And I don't know. I do wonder. Like, I don't know if they could balance that. I mean, see how Sean would um, handle that. It's like Sean Knight said one time, Coach Valdez, come to my record label where you don't have the owners all in the vi- the videos. Really? And that, that's, yeah. that, that's a great point. Go ahead, Coach Valdez. I, I just, like I said, I think that, you know, going to Rod, uh, Bill Cowher is an example of what can happen because Bill Cowher was still marketable, you know, when he st- first started doing the commentating. You know, he was, went through some, you know, family things and whatnot and just realized that, hey, you know what, you know, I, I can learn to live this lifestyle. I can learn to be a, a normal guy and still be around the game I love. I think that, Sean, I think that sometimes you get to certain situations where you just don't feel like you can grow anymore. And I think that kind of was what happened with him in New Orleans. I think that looking forward, he just felt like, you know, like I've been there, done that, done everything I could do here. Um, 
let me just step back before it really gets frustrating because sometimes some coaches don't know when to step away. Um, so depending on how much it, he needed that break and uh, how much in, you know he would embrace that time away would decide. Um, but look, man, let me tell you, I don't put anything past Jerry Jones, man. I don't, I don't put anything past Jerry Jones. <clears throat> I think Jerry Jones... Uh, with his unlimited resources and his uh, potential sway, I, I do not see them working together unless Jared Jones does something he's never done, which would be totally relinquish and remove himself away. For a guy like Sean Payton, that would have to be something in writing because Jerry loves he loves the attention. I've never seen one owner does as many interviews as Jerry Jones. Um, and he likes that. He, he likes that kind of stuff. So, um, but it, it, it would be interesting uh, to say, and in closing, switching away, I think that whatever the Saints do, the Saints have to identify if it's going to be a head coach or an offensive coordinator, they have to be able to bring in somebody that's going to be able to generate that same type of offensive energy and excitement because the fan base is going to be looking for it. And um, so that, I just, I think that, you know, they have to be very careful with that. Hmm. Interesting point, Rod. You know, I, you know, hey, I, I, I'd love to see Coach Bienemy, uh get 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 a shot, but hey, that's just that's just my my opinion. Um, last thing, got two football games tomorrow. Come on, Rod, give me a prediction. Who's going to be in the Super Bowl? My team's not in, so uh, you know. Yeah, my team's not in it either. I'm a Steelers fan, and uh, so, uh, <laughs> oh my, <laughs> black and gold. Either way, yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm picking both of the favorites to win. I think the Chiefs will win. I think the, I know the 49ers have kind of had their way with the, <clears throat> with the Rams, but I just think the Rams are. I mean, when you look on paper, they had a more, they have more talent. I just think they'll win. I mean, San Francisco's been really good. <clears throat> They're really good up front on both sides of the ball, and that's why they've been able to beat the teams they beat so far. But I just think, I just think the Rams and Kansas City are probably the best two teams. And I think, you know, I just think they'll they'll pull it off this time. And that's who I'd rather see in the Super Bowl. I think that's just a that's a better matchup. I think in the Super Bowl, I just rather see those two teams playing. And I actually, I, you know, to be fair, I mean, I, I I I wanted Buffalo to win last week. I thought Buffalo's a really good team, and I, I really like what Josh Allen does. So. Wow, what an exciting game last week. Coach Valdez, your prediction? I I, I think that the Rams uh, um, are due. I think that the Rams' defense is peaking. I think that um, before, uh, Garoppolo uh, can only carry the team so far w- without him being able to be a pass threat. So, therefore, um, they are more one-dimensional. The 49ers are more one-dimensional with the running game than they are, you know, being prolific with the pass game. So, and, you know, Odell Beckham is starting to come around and starting to feel a special type of, of flow. Um, so I say the Rams, I say they kind of break that little bit of a jinx they have with the 49ers. And then, you know, man, there's, there's no way that you can play two weeks in a row and get beat up like uh, Burrow got beat up last week um, and got hit the way he got hit last week. And you have to score Oof. against the Chiefs. <laughs> you have you, you, a guy got sacked ten times. Um, you have to score against the Chiefs because if you don't score against the Chiefs, then they're like lightning in a bottle. So 
I think it, you know, it will lead to you know uh, uh, Rams and the Chiefs being a very explosive Super Bowl. So that's that's my pick, considering uh, what I see in the last couple of weeks. And the 49ers are coming into the game banged up. That was a very taxing game against Green Bay. Um, you know, like I said, Dabo's is, is still ribs may still be a little bit sore, and uh, those guys. Uh, uh, so I, I just say the Rams and I, I say the Chiefs, and uh, should be some good football. Well. Guys, uh, I, I, I agree. I think it's it's going to be the Chiefs and the Rams. Um, Rod Walker, do me a favor. If you see Zion Williams, Zion Williams, tell him, come on, man, get back with it. With all that money <laughs> you have, get you – I wish I could do this. Get you a, a, a nutritionist to come in and prep those meals and get back to it. And get ready because he is an exciting, explosive player. But wow, unbelievable! So you message to him if you if you see him down in 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 the city, New Orleans. But um, Raw, we appreciate the time. Have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll talk again soon. We really will appreciate right. it, my brother. All right. Thanks for having me on, man. See you, Coach. Now, all right. Thanks, Rob. Good as always. All righty, that's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank Roy Evans, uh, producer of today's show. He had a lot going on on his plate. Appreciate it. want to thank uh, Coach Robert Valdez for sitting in the whole uh, show for me. Oh, let me do this. Keep Charles Edmund uh, and his family in your thoughts and prayers. You know, he's, he's a regular uh, guest co-host. He tragically lost his mother. Um last week and um and, and look i i know about that um both my parents are, are gone and you know you had a memories but that is something you it's not hard to you never get over it you really don't so keep him in your um in, in your prayers because um you know I, I say he's the hardest working guy one of the hardest working guys in the business but um he, he he's going through something right now but uh he, he will return. We'll give him the time to uh, do what he has to do. So I just wanted to mention that. Also, uh, and all of the guests who appeared, A.D. Drew and Rod Walker, until next Saturday at 11 a.m. for the Carlos Brown Show right here on the Black College Sports Network. As always, peace and God bless. <laughs>